show me the money. I drink your milkshake. Money never sleeps, pal. I drink it up. So what about money? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of If Money Could Talk. I'm your host, Kevin Freck. As always, joined by the wonderful, the intelligent, devious Dan Miller from North Jersey. What's up, Dan? You think I'm intelligent, Kev? Thank you. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> um, I, I'd say that I'm moderately above average. That's good. Not, not, I, not very intelligent, though, but I mean, <laughs> not horrible. There's something in my brain. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's something up there. We somehow manage to talk about topics for an hour every week. So, you know, all I could say yeah, is that... you, you know, you're not a total robot. Beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> which is what we're talking about this week. Robotics, the future and probably our demise. But we'll see. Um, yeah, this week we want to kind of focus on some, you know, future tech Um and we kind of narrowed it down to robots and robot manufacturing and some, you know, automated systems. And we've all seen this in our lives, you know, slowly, even from such simple things as, you know, uh, self-checkout to actual, um, you know, cars that make or I'm sorry, robots that make cars now, you know, and, and make uh, things that work that human workers used to do. Uh, and now there's probably even robots making robots. I'm not quite sure. I didn't get that deep into it. <laughs> I wanted to look into that, but um, I was thinking maybe we could hold off that. You know, that's a little too scary. I don't even know if I want to know if there's a robot factory where it's all robots making other robots just yet. You know, I, I to my to my knowledge, that's not a thing. Yeah, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna start off with just some, you know, like I mentioned, just some little things that I've seen automated lately, um, even if they're not complete robots. We talked a, a couple episodes uh, back about, I was, I was recently abroad and I came back and the, the whole uh, customs check-in was, was a, basically a robot. It was a kiosk, you know, where you put in all your information. But even then, it, when it, it like took your picture, and even then, it like automatically adjusted to find your face and like moved around. I, a I bit. actually went through the exact same thing when I came back from Lisbon. Yeah, it was wild. So, don't they? The thing is, though, is like with that machine, they still have a dude sitting in a booth, like where it's it's expected that it's not going to work a hundred percent of the time. Right. So then it's like I don't know what the success rate of it is, like eighty to ninety percent. But then there's still like a line uh, at this booth to see this guy in case the machine doesn't work. Right. There's still like the second part where they stamp your passport right. and stuff, you know, but it's kind of the same thing as going back to self-checkout. You know, um, it takes still takes less people overall. You know, there's still someone who has to look out at the self-checkout. There's still someone who works the self-checkout, but they can work four to six machines instead of just one. And that's actually not because the machine doesn't work. It's to make sure that you're not stealing because it's much easier to steal from a grocery store at a self-checkout line. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's probably true. <laughs> it's probably a little bit of both. Um, but I don't know if you've ever experienced this in any jobs you've had, but I kind of have. It's it's sort of interesting. I used to work for this startup called Zoomer, which is uh, out of business now. Um, so I can talk about it all I want. But basically, there's a food delivery company, you know, kind of like Grubhub or something. Um, but basically what we did was pair up, manually pair up food orders with drivers, you know, all day. And it was kind of like a puzzle game, you know, it was fun. But then after a while they, you know, and this is actually one of the reasons the company went under because they spent way too much money on automation software, but they created this actually really good software that paired all the orders automatically and it kind of made our jobs a little i mean it made them easier but it also kind of made us just sitting around being like okay and you know it was still our job to like communicate to the drivers because you still need that human aspect but we were given a lot more work to do on top of what we could have done before because you know we're going to see this a lot basically productivity rises while the number of hours worked remains the same or decreases right yeah, and that's from everything you were just saying. That's been the trend in a lot of manufacturing jobs. Is that even though uh, the percentage of those jobs are going down a little bit, um, that the productivity and the revenue is just skyrocketing. So, I think that that was a good point where you said uh, you you experienced that in Zoomer at I think your first place of work after college. Um, so I kind of actually 
have a similar thing in my current job right now where the role that I perform is considered managed service where we do have a self-service platform and pretty much roughly 60 to 70 percent of what I do can be done by a machine Uh, however it's like it does need a human aspect to it because the machine doesn't always work um, and it's not like it really only handle like cookie cutter requests Uh, so anything that's like custom or obviously requires um, the critical thinking of a human being it can't do but I mean just some of the basic functions where uh, I'm running a media campaign and I would need to send a client a report that I would make uh, this machine could just make that report and spit it out on a platform where the client could, could just go in and read it. Now, mm-hmm. if they don't know how to interpret it or they have any sort of questions about the report, which they always will, uh, that would require a human. And that's where you come so in. We actually, yeah, but so we actually do have we have the self-service team and the managed service team. And uh, so it still like requires a job um, for a self-service account manager but they could have about three times as many accounts. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say that I'm handling 10 different clients. They'd be able to handle 30 different clients just because they would get less requests. Right. So, um, cause they do, doing- so they do use some automated systems. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 At the end of the so, day, so though, what that- yeah, you're always going to need to kind of ask a human at some point, you know? Right. But so, yeah, the point is, though, is that regardless if a human could do or if a machine could do the entire job or not, it pretty much um, turns like it makes the it's productive times three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and even this partial, you know, we're in this like partial automation kind of period right now um, where, you know, maybe our jobs get easier, but we're given more work, you know, to be more productive because there's it's kind of half automated but it's still even at zoomer you know kind of the point we still had to keep an eye on all the orders that the that the you know machine learning system was making to make sure that they made sense you know and sometimes they didn't right. so we'd switch it but yeah, you could watch yeah. you know I could I could watch four cities instead of just two you know it basically doubled how much work I had that's that's almost exactly what I'm saying with the difference between a managed service mm-hmm. account manager and a self-service platform manager it's pretty much just watching to make sure that the computer does everything okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's more of like a, this is something I... It's a babysitting job. Yeah, yeah. And this is almost a term I came up, or I came across a few times in doing research for this episode. I think it's called like collaborative robots, where basically you're sort of teaching the robot how to do your own job, you know, and then right. and sort of babysitting it along the way. And, you know, well, some so- computer systems can even learn from their own mistakes, you know. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it, it could kind of uh, just differentiate between the the first thing that we were discussing. It, it doesn't. It's not like a self checkout line in a supermarket. It's not like it could do literally the entire job, and you just have to have um, a store service manager to stand there and make sure you don't steal anything. Uh-huh. It's like like what we're discussing could pretty much get you maybe fifty to seventy five percent of the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, one last thing I thought of. Um before we started recording was uh i think it was last year and i don't know if it was a temporary thing or if they still have it but that there was an amazon grocery store in new york did you ever see that you know what i'm talking about I, basically no, actually... and basically it had no workers i mean there was no cashiers but basically with your phone you checked in or you had an app and like it basically picked it up as you walked in you fill up your card or whatever and just walk out and because all the items are uh, they scan it's it on when, your Amazon. Account. Yeah. And it scan it when you walk out and it automatically takes it off. I mean, they probably still need people to stock the shelves, I guess, but you know, there's no, um, no cashiers at all. You know, it's almost, a I diff- don't know how I haven't heard of that. That that's, that's I was wild surprised. So. Yeah. Yeah. They just had one store. I think it was just kind of a pilot test thing. And uh, yeah, it was right in Manhattan somewhere. Um, yeah, it was pretty amazing though. They, you know, of course, Amazon would do something like that. Um, Holy shit. But yeah, it's sort of that's sort of, you know, more of the stuff we experience every day, but really want to get more into just yeah, the manufacturing industry, especially because, you know, with our current president, you know, along his campaign that was such a big big platform that he ran on was bringing back jobs. You know, bring back manufacturing jobs, you know, oh, China and Mexico stole all our jobs. Damn, you know, foreigners taking you know all the trade bad deals worst deals ever blah 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 but it's just really it's not true at all you know um 
The U.S. It was it was a pitch that would just resonate with a lot of people in the Rust Belt that had lost manufacturing jobs. And I mean, just thinking of, like he's a sales guy. Absolutely. You know, he's made an entire career on just bullshitting his entire way through. So he just picked an easy target and hit the bullseye. No, you're absolutely right. Um, it's a very easy thing. It's a very tangible thing for a lot of people to uh, relate with, you know, people who lose their jobs. Uh, the U.S. has lost 5 million factory jobs since 2000, but only 13% of these jobs went to China and Mexico and other countries. You know, only 13% of these jobs lost were from trade. 87% or from increased automation, use of robots, and and some other, you know, some other just simpler automated things, you know, kind of cutting out the middleman in some parts. And that number's only going to go higher. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's something what we're gonna we're gonna touch later in these this episode. But you know, really, what we want to get to in this episode is what's really happening in the manufacturing in- industry and how you can get ahead of it in terms of investing. You know, um, yeah. And, and here's the thing. U.S. manufacturing output is still increasing every year by about 2%. You know, it's about the same as, like, inflation. It's a pretty solid number. So productivity and, you know, manufacturing is still going up, but the number of jobs that it requires to take to complete the same amount of work is going down. Right. Um, Yes, for example, from this uh, technologyreview.com article, Boston Consulting Group reports that it costs barely $8 an hour to use a robot for spot welding in the auto industry compared to $25 for a worker. In 1980, it took 25 jobs to generate a million dollars in manufacturing output. In the U.S. today, it takes five. Because a lot of this stuff we were talking about, even if it, even if there are five human workers there, they're working right alongside robots You know that, that yeah. can do this welding. And honestly, a lot of this stuff is like the more dangerous jobs, I think. Yeah, so from that article, though, and the reason why this has become such a big problem, especially in the Midwest, is that I believe I, I don't have a number in front of me, the exact percentage of manufa- of people that have lost manufacturing jobs since 2000. Uh, but the vast majority of the jobs that they have taken up have been just service level jobs. So um, it's going from working as um, a manufacturer in a factory to uh, possibly just being a guy in a, in a Walmart stocking the shelves. And I think that the, um, the, the average salary per hour, or the average uh, wage per hour has uh, been more than cut in half for, for those workers that did lose their manufacturing jobs from, I think, 25 to 12. Right. So Yeah, there's kind and, of this uh, inflation of, uh, of education, sort of, too, of skill. You know, um, more, there's more skilled people now than more educated people now but there aren't quite enough jobs to totally account for all those. Right. To have to have uh, decent wages for all of them. You know, whether you went to college or a trade school or, or wherever, um, it's just, yeah, it's not quite the same. And it sucks to hear, but these jobs are not coming back. Kind of like we said, you know, um, at best, you can kind of keep them at bay, but they're not coming back. I, I don't yeah, think. Well, they're not going to come back in mass quantity. It's not like the Trump is just going to come in and I, I think a lot of his uh, his ideas, at least, are is that he's going to um, impose tariffs on China. Uh, that if you if you manufacture and produce in China, and then uh, send back what you make here, uh, that's going to be taxed very heavily. Mm-hmm. But I mean, from the statistic that you just read, that's not the issue. That's thirteen percent of of the issue. Eighty-seven percent right. <laughs> is is the automation. So mm-hmm. um, I, until there is, and there's not going to be. Uh, but until there's a law placed um, that restricts automation and manufacturing, you're right. These jobs are absolutely not coming back. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I I don't I didn't look into this, but I don't really think that there's any real regulation on robotics on what you can do with them and how much of your factory can be that can be robot workers. Well, why would there be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it's this thing that it's just, it's not talked about very much either, which kind of bothers me. Um, and there are some reasons for that. Basically, because automation, um, if you're going to automate your factory and buy buy more robots, that means that you're investing in your factory. It means you're buying stuff. It's not necessarily due to cutbacks. You still have to invest in it and you'll get a return in the long run. But that's, you know, that's, and that's good news generally when people invest in more in their factories. 
you know, so Spend it, spending money to make money, right? The economy, and yet people don't want to criticize what seems like an expansion of a factory. Uh, you know, it's easier to blame foreign humans over domestic machines. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The point is, it's it's not happening though. Yeah, I I, I don't. It, it would be, it'd be kind of the same thing as saying like, okay, well, uh. Airplanes are more convenient to take than buses, um, but they're they're <laughs> cutting they? the jobs of bus of bus drivers. So you know what? We're imposing a law um, that restricts the amount of airplanes that you could take per year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to save to save the bus drivers' jobs. It, it's not like quite as rash an example as that, uh, but it's pretty similar though. It, it would be taking um, one step forward to actually take two steps back. Yeah, in yeah, exactly. And because because if you did. Here's the thing, because we're on such a global scale right now, for one, you know China is not going to, China uses robots too. You know, they have plenty of human workers, but they still use robots. Um, So do a lot of Asian countries. Korea is also another huge leader in it, as well as Japan. Um, North Korea or South Korea? (laughs) You give one (laughs) guess. (laughs) (laughs) What if we we found out that all, all of North Korea was actually just robots and they're fucking with us the whole time? Don't tell me that after I've smoked weed, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> we will, when absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, the Olympics are in Korea this year. It's a little side note. Do you know that both Korea actually flies under one flag in the Olympics? I I don't know which flag it is. It, probably not the North Korean flag. I think the North Korean flag's just a couple skeletons on a pole, right? Something like that. I, I that that's I that's insanity. Actually, now that you're saying it, that they they're under the same flag for the Olympics. I had absolutely no idea, especially when it's hosted in South Korea. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, uh, we see the whole thing before it, uh, you know, some something happens. But anyway, back to this. Um, you know, I was talking about. So we're working on a global economy now. So if the U.S. or really any country were to impose regulations on robotics, they'd just be limiting productivity overall because there's always going to be another country that's going to do it already or cheaper. I mean, it'd have to be, it'd have to be some U.N. thing. You know, it'd have to be some mm-hmm. something that all countries uh, abided by, you know, and I don't think we're at the level of robotics yet where that's going to happen. You know, if, if there was something maybe 20, 30, 40 years down the line where, like, where they're very, where these robots aren't just working in factories, but they're like completely autonomous and can think like a true AI, then, you know, hopefully, I hope that there would be some sort of regulation on that. But we're still kind of a long way off from that, I think. All right. I hope at least. I think so as well. I can't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah. And so any country that imposes regulations on robotics is just going to be shooting itself in the foot. And, you know, hurting its its own economy um, because it is helping the U.S. economy, you know, uh, as much as it sucks to for jobs to be lost. You know, the output's still increasing. We're still making a bunch of stuff and, and sending it all over the world. So, uh, yeah, people just don't don't talk about it that much, um, especially politicians. I think it's kind of surprising, you know, uh, although Obama did say in his farewell speech, uh, quote, the next wave of economic dislocation won't come from overseas. It will come from the relentless pace of automation that makes any good middle-class jobs obsolete. And I think that's so true. You know, I think that, like we were talking, these jobs aren't coming back. And, it would, you know, a company's not going to sell its robots to hire humans back. And same thing with, the, you know, the coal industry. It's like, well, there's... Well, gas, uh, natural gas is so much cheaper and, and easier and cleaner. So, you know, coal's not coming back either. It'd be Why would we possibly bring coal back when there's so many other sources of energy now? You know, just because there are some disgruntled people, they're not coming back. You know, sorry. But, and this, uh, this is one other thing to think about as well, is that so these, these middle class jobs that are going to become obsolete because of automation, is that isn't that kind of an incentive to improve your career path at some point? Because I mean, for what I'm doing right now, like I said, that I don't think that my personal job is going to become obsolete within the next five years or even 10 years. But I do know that there's a machine that could do about half of my job. Mm -hmm. So I'm like every day I want to learn something new and just, I mean, uh, to like learn as much skills as I possibly can. Uh, so I can just, um, 
increase increase my odds of having a better career. And uh, isn't that kind of a good thing in a way? As far as um, I mean, not as far as just innovation and just motivating people to actually uh, do something better with their careers, maybe. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, it still comes down to the person. But you know, if there's a company that uh, automates half the, half their tasks for the week. So, but instead of, you know, ideally, instead of cutting back on human workers, they say, hey, why don't you take half of your hours in a week to learn more, to, you know, learn how we can improve the company other than, you know, what we normally do. Think about things that computers can't think about, you know, think about creative things, learn more, um, and, you know, how you can innovate. Uh, I think that would be huge. Is that kind of what you're talking about? I mean, that would yeah, be like kind exactly of like from a it's, it's all part of a capitalistic society, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and so yeah, uh, like sort of on an individual I mean, level. I mean, so industries are always gonna be, um, some industries are always gonna kind of die, you know. And uh, you know, I I don't I wonder how many uh, I don't even know how many uh, you know, uh, Catholic monks in the year of, uh, you know, what was it, 1540 or whatever, were pissed off when the printing press came out, you know, because they're like, oh, I'm out of a job of writing these books all day because I used to write them by hand, you know? <laughs> right. You know, and they're like, shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> we need, you know, we need the Pope to bring these jobs back. But the Pope's like, nah, you know, printing presses are way better, you know? And then, you know, and then in the modern industrial revolution, when, you know, the the assembly line came out and, you know, automation's been happening forever. Uh, really, you know, I guess since, you know, the printing press is probably one of the best examples of, like, kind of maybe the first, you know, big automated thing. It made made creating books and newspapers almost instantaneous instead of what right. used to take years, you know. Um, but then, yeah, the modern assembly line, uh, that, that cut jobs a lot. But, you know, no one was – maybe people were kind of mad at, at it. But overall, it still um, increased output and made everyone way way more productive and way more rich, you know, even the people that worked there. Uh, so, th- so that's also a good point is that it's not even close to a new thing. It's something that's happened as much as 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. So while it's on a much wider scale right now because, um, the I mean, technology is growing and machines are getting smarter and uh, – being capable of doing things that uh, you couldn't even imagine that like whether it was 10 or 15 or even especially 50 years ago. Uh, it's, it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a little bit scary that because um, yeah, we just watched this. Uh, how do you say that? That there's a good YouTube channel. Kursog, Kursoget, Kursog, something like that. Uh, it's some uh, German. I don't know. It's some German word. Uh, is it is it Kursagat? Kursag, Kursagat. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they they have a pretty good uh, YouTube series, and they just did this whole video on kind of why this period of automation is different. You know, it's because, well, uh, you know, basically a machine isn't good at being creative. Not at least not yet. You know, so, um. You know, you can create, say, for, like, architectures, I think, is a good example. You know, you can uh, use a computer to, you know, draft a building. But the the idea for the building and the structure and the colors and the material used and the shape and design all comes from the human mind. And that's still really hard for a computer to fully do. You know, it could make something simple. Um, but it can't – it'd be hard for it to create something new and usable. But, you know, you're still using a computer – to um <clears throat> to build the design and uh yeah maybe this is the best example but what they were saying is well while it can't exactly design a whole building yet it can create the parts uh you know the parts you need to build the building you know it, it's uh, machines are good at doing one thing really well but when you break a, a big task down you realize that it's just a bunch of smaller tasks Right. You know, that was, and, yeah. And, yeah. And when, you know, and if you assign each of those tasks, you know, if you break it down to really small things, really simple things, um, then you can assign all those to machines, you know, eventually. And, you know, you could have an example of building a building, you know, maybe a, a human comes up with the design, but you have robots uh, welding the steel girders together and you have, you know, 3D printer bots, you know, printing out uh, cement blocks or whatever and, and putting them all together. So, you know, 
So, you know, and then really the create. Right. And, yeah. And then the final product becomes the actual building being built. Mm-hmm. Right. And it still takes a human to come up with the idea to be, that that a building needs to be built in the first place, too. Right. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, maybe there are some. I don't think that there's this software out there yet. But, it, you know, if there was some software like this would be a great place to build a building, you know, do it. But it's not quite there yet. It still takes humans to do city planning and zoning and think about how it's going to affect the rest of the businesses in the area and things like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So it still comes down like some creative jobs are going to be kind of safe for a while. But those, you know, they're, those are somewhat few and far between. Most, you know, at least in the U.S. and really everywhere, most people don't work in totally creative jobs. You know, most people work in the service industry which is doing one simple thing over and over again all day, you know, which is susceptible to be automated. I don't think we said this yet, but um, there are estimates from anywhere from 30 to 50% of jobs in the U.S. will be uh, automated in the next uh, two to three decades. You know, I mean, that's a lot. And I, and I totally think that that's pretty accurate. Uh, what was that number again? 30 to 50%? Yeah, I've seen different... I've seen different estimates, but yeah, definitely between 30 and 50%, like say by 2040 or 2050. That is is a scary thought to think. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Especially as we get older too. I mean, that's just... (laughs) Right. For for what we're doing, you you know what can't be automated? Podcast. Yeah, we're in the entertainment industry, dude. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) We will not get automated out. God, dude, that oh, would be man. the worst to listen to an automated podcast if it was just like an aggregate, like a, you know, like a uh, Microsoft Sam voice reading off like the top headlines or something. Just two, two series just talking back to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We'll have a, uh, you bring your Siri over all of my Google, my Google voice and we'll just talk to each other. I would just, I'll take a guess that it would be rather predictable after a certain <laughs> <point>. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen, uh, you know, especially back when like the Echoes, Amazon Echoes and Dots, and I don't even know what the difference, but you know, all those home, you know, spying devices, um, you know, uh, the you know the wiretaps that you buy. But basically, mm-hmm. when they first came out, someone programmed it to be like, "Hey Alexa," you know, and then the other they had two of them, and the other one would be like, "Oh, hey Alexa, hey Alexa, hey Alexa," and it would just go back and <laughs> forth forever. <laughs> so. so yeah, fairly predictable. So yeah, get into the entertainment industry, be creative, you know, build, you know, or you uh, will not get automated out. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. God damn, if we're ever taken over by a a robotic podcast, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> no, because there's there's some things uh, that that need that human touch and emotion, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, you can get somebody to. Um, in, uh, in an assembly line at some point, put a top on top on a car or put a a fender on the back of a car, but that requires no human emotion. So Mm -hmm. I think we're, I think we're good in the podcast industry. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. It's like what, what jobs require emotion? Um, (laughs) which is kind of funny to think about, you know, what's, you know, what's kind of big these days and, uh, is like, uh, a lot of legal, a lot of legal practices are becoming more automated which i thought was kind of interesting legal, because i was like legal zoom yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've used legal zoom and um but yeah i mean especially i guess some parts of it are very like well this is the issue uh how is this usually resolved do you really need a human to tell you that you know to tell you what to do no it's all how in to a divorce. book because it's all written down <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah how to divorce your wife you know or something like you could just tell a computer that and it'd tell you, you know, I think what, what it, the usual you know deal is yeah you're gonna lose all your shit you know they can just I, tell I think you the that. Way that like what it should be though it should be an automated system where you just press a button guilty or innocent and then if you're and then if you're guilty they'll assign you a, a human lawyer but then if you're innocent they'll just they'll just give you what the law is and they'll be like just just go with this you're good to go <laughs> you're good to go so uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be like a, it'll be like a, a lie detector test or something or it'll just be random but then if you need somebody to bullshit and lie for you, then they assign you a human being. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, especially uh, things like, I see a lot of stuff about like education being automated. Uh, 
and I I don't think that's gonna happen now. And here's why, especially like um, especially like you know uh, elementary school through high school. Like two reasons why I don't think it's gonna happen. One, a bunch of you know rowdy ass high school kids aren't gonna listen to a damn computer screen all day. You know they're gonna they're just gonna ignore it. Uh, and two, like I said earlier, automation requires investment. It's not about cutbacks, and there's just very little investment in our education system in this country. So right. it's going to be teachers for a while. You know, if you can't even pay a teacher a decent wage, they're not going to buy a robot to do it instead. No, that I'll, I'll even <laughs> I'll even venture to say I don't think it's ever getting automated. Yeah, I, I don't I don't give a shit how much a machine could teach the exact same thing that um, that a teacher could. That's that's another one of those human touch things. Mm-hmm. There, there's I, I'll. I'll say in the year 3020 that it's not getting <laughs> yeah. automated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's, you're not going to have a, you know, just a computer screen, yell at the kids, tell them to shut the fuck up and sit down and <laughs> stop smoking cigs in class, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, although another one I saw was like um, doctors. I mean, I think that kind of, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know enough about the medical industry for that quite just yet, but but there are things. No, I I I want a real human to touch my balls. By yeah, the way. So. yeah. <laughs> Some, a cold steel, yeah, ball exam. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh god, I can't I... wait till I'm fifty so I can get the finger up the butt, or the hemorrhoid checker from a robot. Oh mm. my god. <laughs> well, all right, let's. Uh, we I think we touched on enough, like just what could possibly be automated, what should be automated, what's never going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the whole the main reason for this episode, at least is robotic stock picks so um, So, of companies that have invested in these robots that we've been talking about and discussing and are continuing to do so um, on a mass level um, and that are publicly traded so uh kev you want to get into the first one yeah sure you know so if you're at all worried about you know losing your job or being out of the race in the future or or even if you're not, you know, these are great places to start, um, you know, in investing in robotics because these most of these stocks, in my opinion, are only going to go up. Um, quick disclaimer, you know, this is not meant to be a financial advice. Just have to say that because we're not financial experts. But, you know, uh, it's meant for education, entertainment purposes only. Uh, but, you know, this is a way to get to stay in the game. You know, um, one of my favorites that uh, I've invested in um, is uh Robo, R-O-B-O, which is a very diverse ETF um, that we talked about. We talked about ETFs a couple episodes back, but it tracks 97 different companies. So it has a lot, you know, and it's anywhere from actual manufacturing to software, you know, it covers both hardware and software and logistics, automation, things like that. Um, it's a really good one. Uh, it's very solid and it's had great returns over the past. Check it out for yourself. That's Robo, R-O-B-O. And so, well, like, oh, they're twenty five percent are manufacturing and logistics automation, correct? Yeah. What is the other seventy five percent? Um, give me a sec. And talk for a sec. I mean, it's um a lot of it's like software. We can get back to it. No, no worries. I mean, it's it's a lot because I mean this it's a very diverse ETF is the thing why I didn't I didn't break it down that much more you know in the outline because uh, even the the highest company in it it's called one called like Aerovironment only is only makes up two percent uh, or two point seven percent of their holdings so um, take a look at it for yourself if you're interested in it but it, it's uh, it's pretty solid overall you know and it's it's had. Um, it's beat the market in the past couple years, I believe. Um, its competitor is Bots, B-O-T-Z. You gotta love these names. It's not quite as good, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a little bit newer. Um, it's not quite as diverse. They don't have just as many holdings um, as Robo, but it's one to check out. Uh, and then, so those are two good ETFs if you just kind of want to set it and forget it, buy it, and you know just um, you'll pretty much be good because it tracks, you know, a lot of these other companies that we're talking about. Um, unless, unless a robot kills a human being and then I would sell, <laughs> yeah, just sell, sell, sell like crazy. It's almost amazing at this point that we haven't even seen that. I mean, even as an accident, 
I wonder if it's happened. I wonder if, like, you know, there's, like, a welding robot that accidentally welded someone's head off or something, you know? Welded someone's hand to a steel beam at some point. Or, or <laughs> um, I mean, after, like, what I think it's going to be is after they do all the testing with the, the self-driving cars, uh, which, I, I mean, whether whether it's Uber or Google, mm. um, they're, they've obviously been spending years on putting this together. I think that the first point after it's deemed 100% safe, um, I mean, you're, you're, that's going to be the first serious accident for a robot that actually harms a human being. A little off topic, but I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think when there are self-driving cars, do you think you'll be able to go out to a bar, get really drunk, and have your self-driving car take you home? Or do you think that'll be a DUI? I don't think no, I don't I don't think it'd be a DUI. Yeah. That'd be awesome then. <laughs> because I keep thinking about that, you know, and it's like, man, it's I want to solve drunk driving. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I don't drink and drive, but it's like, now I have to take Uber everywhere, but if if I did have a self-driving car, would that be a, a good thing to do? That'd be so convenient, you know. I, I don't even want to I don't even want to put my head there. <laughs> Honestly, that that that's just such a scary thought of of like of being like 10 drinks deep at a bar and then just getting into the back seat of your car. <laughs> yeah, like laying down. <laughs> yeah. Like sticking your head into a puke bag and being like, "All right. All right." You know, Tesla, take me home. <laughs> well, that reminds me of the Silicon Valley episode where, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> where, where Jared, yeah, Jared. Uh, yeah, Jared gets in the the back of the self driving car, and then <laughs> I like the, wherever he like he drove into, um, like he was being transported to like an island. Yeah, and then some, so like, he was oil ta- rig or something in the middle of the yeah. ocean. <laughs> and then so he drove in, in into like like pretty much like a platform that was being picked up and put onto a ship that was going to be brought to an island yeah. as opposed to taking him home to his house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, scary stuff. All right. Now, getting into some actual companies. Um, first one up is Mazer Robotics. It's ticker is M-Z-O-R. M-Z-O-R. It is, uh, they make surgical robots. Like we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, um, You've definitely, you've probably seen these out there. You know, they do a lot of, uh, and a lot of times a big robotic arm that's all, you know, powerful and nice and greased up is probably more um, accurate than, you know, a human hand. Uh, who knows? But uh, they make some pretty good robots. Uh, they're, yeah, and their stock, it's currently just under $60, but it's up 146% in the past year. I mean, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of these in these ones coming up. Some pretty big gains um irbt is another one i've i've been invested with them in the past i don't currently own them but i'm thinking about getting back in they make uh it's irbt they i or irobot they make roombas that's really all they make uh but honestly their stock's doing pretty well it's it pretty much is on a steady rise it bounces around really weird so this is one i follow this stock and every time they have earnings they always have really good earnings and better. They beat it expectations by a lot and then their stock drops. So I don't know. That's mm. just a weird thing that I've seen it happen at least twice. Uh, it's currently around $86 down from 109 as their high, all-time high. But that was kind of interesting because that's really all they make is Roombas, but they're really good at it. So huh. who knows? Well, their well, price-to-earnings ratio is a little over 40, which – maybe that has something to do with it just for the i mean well even if they beat earnings for a little hot overbought yeah a little a little overbought um and i mean especially like this is kind of a it's not quite a fatty thing like the the same way like um (laughs) like a tech giant ipo would be like something like snapchat Uh uh but this this is a little bit um of just like oh this sounds cool this is a new technology so but like same, that's why yeah. like they've which been around could, uh, for a while though i mean roombas have been around since at least uh, yeah they've, i was in high school you know they've probably been around for at least 10 years i don't know exactly but actually yeah this company's been around since 1990 wow also, i wonder what they did before they made roombas because the roomba definitely didn't come out till like mid-2000s um i mean now they have you know they have like uh, mop roombas and uh carpet cleaner you know carpet washer Roombas and and I'm waiting for the one I don't know I I'm sort of 
surprised that they don't make like industrial Roombas. You know, they don't make ones that cruise around, you know, a high school after hours or something. At least I've never seen it. I looked at their product line. I don't think they have anything like that, which is sort of surprising if you think about it. You know, you just have, you know, Steve, the janitor going real slowly down, you know, the hallways back and forth every day. (laughs) <laughs> with his big uh i never really knew what that thing was but it's like the big water vacuum you know i just thought that was kind of cool. right uh, um, um no no yeah i've never it, it, that is funny i've never seen those like in like a public building um i mean definitely not a school that like definitely not even like uh like the building that i work in or anything so mm-hmm. it's that's pretty funny they would only be kind of just in a residential home maybe we're giving them ideas but even one like a window washer roomba that'd be kind of cool you know it just like cruises all over the windows all day Someday. Flo- floor mopper. Yeah. Do you also call a Roomba? Because I, I always thought of a Roomba as um, a pool vacuum. Oh, yeah. It is kind of like those. Or no, is that Does that have a well, different name? I think it's something else. So I guess that's, I mean, okay. So pool vacs, I was a lifeguard for like five years. So pool vacs are a little different. But yeah, we had one at the pool where basically you turned it on and just kind of like let it go in the pool, you know. Oh, and it's, then, called, it's called the Mira. Okay. Every once M-I-R-R-I. in a while, you'd have to like turn it around, you know, and get it back on track. But yeah, you basically just like let it loose in the pool, and it'll eventually find its way. It has to the, the same name as a Will Smith movie. Dookie. Yeah. Mira. <laughs> no, no, no. iRobot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow! In the last year, yeah, in the last year, this has really shot up. Yeah. Um, it's a cool stock. I, I like it. It's it's an interesting one at the very least. Yeah, it's actually it's it's been on a downturn for three months and it's just kind of coming back up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a good time to buy. I think personally, looks like it. Um, so those are more. Uh, well, whatever. That's a more commercial one. But um, these next couple ones we're going to talk about. These are the real big. Uh, the big three manufacturing. Um robot robotic companies that you can buy into the the first one is um lincoln electric ticker l-e-c-o it's a u.s company headquartered in cleveland ohio now these are the ones we we're kind of talking about earlier they specialize in like welding and cutting and joining products they're really useful in you know these big projects like shipbuilding auto manufacturing and you know making structural steel for they make steel for a lot of things like uh, wind towers, you know, wind turbines, um, nuclear plants, and, and other things like that that take, you know, um, you know, especially those those wind towers. Those are huge, you know, and they take a lot of a lot right. of work to put together. Uh, they're up twenty percent in the past year, currently sitting at just under a hundred dollars. If you look at their stock, it's pretty much nothing but up. They don't have; they're not the biggest company. Their market cap is only around three point five billion, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, they make a lot of stuff. They have a pretty decent product line and, you know, and they're an American company. So at the very least, you know, this is a good way to invest in our country. And, you know, even though they're building products that, uh, are eventually going to decrease jobs, um, it's better to, in my opinion, it's almost better to invest in a company here that's doing it than, you know, a Korean or Japanese or Chinese company, you know, that, that might be doing the same thing. Because like we were talking about earlier, everyone's doing it, so you might as well get on board, basically. Uh, that's how I see it, at least. Yeah, I, like, I, the one thing that I like that you said is it is, um, it's headquartered in Cleveland, Ohio, which is actually funny kind of right in the middle of the rust belt so it's in um like it's in a, a red state um or yeah it's a, a, state a swing that, uh, state voted. but yeah no that's a good point i didn't really think about that yeah cleveland's very big rust belt city you know it's it's had its decline but it's it's finding ways to get back up to it get back up to the its level you know of, of a, what it was at its peak and uh yeah you know, I, very interesting stock, though, for sure. Uh, another one, I'm going to stick with the U.S. for a minute here, and Rust Belt cities is uh, Milwaukee. Um, this is uh, ROK, Rockwell Automation. And uh, so this company has actually been around since 1928. I guess they made, they probably make all kinds of different uh, industrial equipment and machines, but now they focus, they've shifted to focus more on automation 
and software in, in particular, um, which is smart, you know, and this is like we we're talking about. I mean, Milwaukee is another city that was hit really hard by, you know, sort of a lot of the steel industry and manufacturing industries uh, becoming more automated and going overseas. You know, um, you know, we did talk about earlier, you know, that 13 percent of jobs going overseas. That is only since 2000. You know, there was, of course, a huge, you know, I mean, Detroit. That wasn't totally from automation. That was from a lot of jobs leaving, you know. So we'll be honest about that. But that was that was a long time ago. That was more so like the '60s, right? I mean, the '60s and '70s um, that that happened. We're talking more. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we're talking more here about you know the past 20 years because it's 2018. It's almost 2020. So this is really you know since 2000 is a much more uh, accurate time frame to be looking at this stuff in. Well, so in in the, in the past year, shot up from one hundred and forty dollars to two hundred and five. Yeah, yeah, it's up forty eight percent in the past year. Um, so it's it's a kind of, it's an expensive stock, but I mean it's going up, it's going up and up. And you know, with a lot of these, there's still a lot of room to move. Um, yeah, especially with Lincoln Electric, uh, yeah, LECO and ROK Rockwell Automation, still a lot of room to move. You know, um, if you're kind of new to investing in stock it can be scary to buy shares that are 200 bucks you know 300 bucks but just think amazon is i think just over 1300 right now <laughs> per share so they weren't always up there you know they started the same place the rest of these companies did you know but they keep going up and up and up you know tesla's at um tesla's sort of in this conversation you know tesla's at like um over 300 bucks right now but it you know it used to be less than 100 so uh, these things have plenty of room to move, and especially if these. So these are some of the leaders in the industry right now, and they're only going to stay the leaders as more and more companies come on board. You know, at least I think so. Uh, you know, as there become more companies that get into the robotics industry, then it's going to become more competitive, and you know they'll have to innovate more and create more and get better um, contracts and things. So their stock will likely to increase. Uh, all right, last one I want to talk about today is ABB, Ab Group. Uh, this is a Swiss company, very, very big company, $35 billion market cap. They're huge. Uh, this is definitely the biggest company on this list that we're talking about. Um, yeah, they've sort of similar product line to Lincoln Electric, although they're a massive company. They do everything from uh, automation software and hardware, you know, to manufacturing hardware. Um, they have a lot of different product lines. I don't want to, I'm not going to get into all of them, but they kind of do a lot of the stuff we were talking about, like this collaborative robotics where it's a human working alongside, you know, being assisted by a, a huge robot, you know, basically <laughs> they could tell the robot, Hey, pick up that huge thing, you know, and it'll do it and it, sort, sort these, uh, sort these storage crates, you know, but like this, um, but yeah, and they're up 29% in the past year. Uh, their stock's only around $28 right now, so it's a little bit easier to buy. Um, and they still, yeah, still have plenty of room to move. Uh, I was reading this article as of, it was a little bit old. It was from 2016, but as of 2016, they had sold their 50,000th robot to China. And I think they had sold something like 300,000 robots total. Uh, and so that was two years ago at this point. Wow. You know? yeah. Holy shit. Think about that. 300,000 robots. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot, and and the, especially since we were talking earlier about how the robot can do the job of five people sometimes, you know, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it really puts a lot of things in, into perspective when you really realize how many how many machines are already out there because they don't talk about you don't hear about this stuff that much. You really have to dig into it to really realize how just how automated the manufacturing industry is. You know, and they and they actually they have um, I mean although it's a, a small price like that they have almost a three percent dividend yield as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, good good uh, good catch. I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's solid. That's pretty. So cool. uh, so at worst, if it just hovers around the same price for a while, um, or they do take a hit um, in some of their um, uh, just what they manufacture. Uh, or, I mean, it, like kind of what you were saying earlier, if the competitive market grows around them, at least have that de- dividend yield. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to read these back real quick <clears throat> in case you missed them. So it's R-O-B-O, Robo. And we got Bots, B-O-T-Z, 
Mazer Robotics, M-Z-O-R, iRobot, I-R-B-T, Lincoln Electric, L-E-C-O, ABB Group, which is just ABB, and Rockwell Automation, R-O-K, Republic of Korea. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Time for some segments. Let's go. All right. Man, you're pumped about the, these robots today. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm trying to, you got to think like a robot if you want to beat the robots. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, all right. So we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, what's one job that you hope isn't automated and one job that you hope is automated? Um, Do you have you go first? In mind? Um, well, let's let's do one at a time. Let's do uh, what's something you hope isn't automated. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with doctor. You know what? I I don't go to the doctors very much, but I definitely like uh, I like talking to a human. You know, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to tell uh, yeah embarrassing shit to a robot because I feel like it'd just be like you know it, I'd be like yeah I feel like I'm a little itchy down there you know Mr. Robot you know <laughs> and it'd be like mm, okay goes out in the hall. Um, this human needs multiple STD tests. Bring, you know, like tell everyone, just like announce yeah, it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's frustrating enough when a person doesn't understand what you're actually trying to say and get across. But can you imagine with a robot there? Yeah, you, you can't even yell at the robot where it has feelings, and you make them feel bad that they're not understanding <laughs> you. <laughs> so I, I actually, I think I have a better one. Um, okay. Something that I never want automated, which would probably be one of the easiest things to automate, is a receptionist at whatever job would need a receptionist, whether it be a law office um, or the, a doctor's office, uh, just anywhere where somebody would need to answer the phone and just keep a, something with booking and scheduling. Uh, can you imagine just like how shitty it is talking to receptionists in general and just getting all the information that you need? Imagine if that, or do you think that a robot would be better than an, uh, like a normal receptionist? Hmm. No, you're right. I, I, I just, I feel I, like the whole I, point of a receptionist is to be, yeah, you know, is to receive and be welcome, welcoming and, and warm, you know, <laughs> or at least right. a, but they're not always like that, but you know, yeah, that, that kind of needs to be a human. I think I, I just think that. So if your job is a receptionist, you can either be very shitty or you could be very good because it's not that hard to be attentive to what you need to be attentive to. Right. It's just kind of um, having a bubbly personality and being a little bit organized and just being generally helpful. So I think that those are all qualities that a robot cannot possess no matter what. So I think that that would just be a shitty thing to automate. <laughs> all right. Um, so this one could kind of go either way. Jobs that you hope are automated. I'm not saying that they should all be automated, but this is definitely going to be a thing in the next 10 years. Okay. We always have to bring up porn at least once in, in these segments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So could you imagine just an all robot porno, you know, where it's just like, uh, maybe it wouldn't really be that good. But um, so they already have, you know, they do have the fucking machines, you know, it's just a dildo on like a motor. But, right. like, uh, it's just that, but just with another one that's a whole, you know, but it's, like, two right. big robots. Uh, someone has to make that soon enough. So, I, I want to see that. Make it happen, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Next um, five years. I, I'm I'm waiting. Two robots I, fucking each other. So, my, my, my main <laughs> theme throughout the entire episode is that you shouldn't automate things that need a human feel. And that that's what you say <laughs> we should automate. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> you're a sad guy <laughs> just too um, much flesh you know i just all i need is the penetration in this <laughs> um now i don't know i was almost gonna say like fast food because like man nine times out of ten whenever you go to mcdonald's or wherever they're so sad there they don't want to be there the workers you know they hate their lives and like it i feel like it would almost be better if they just uh had to work somewhere else or something, you know, <laughs> if it was yeah. just, if micro, if McDonald's was just a glorified microwave where you just like plug in a couple, your order and it just like pops it out, you know? So that was, that was kind of going to be mine actually. I, I, I was thinking of going with one or two things, but you've been a Panera, I assume, right? <laughs> yeah. So Panera, 
I, I actually they they have these screens uh, where and, and, and honestly it's an awesome just automated order by yourself menu. So whenever I walk into Panera, I just go right up to one of these screens because you can actually only see pictures of the food that you want to get on these screens. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when they have just the like when you're ordering from the person at the counter and you're looking at the menu, they don't have pictures of what you want. So I, I want to look at pictures of my food before I order it, just to know exactly <laughs> what I'm what I'm about to deal with. And I, I think that that's something that could be automated at Starbucks, mm-hmm. McDonald's, um, maybe not quite, Ch- probably even Chipotle. Just definitely fast food. Yeah, and, no, you're right. I mean, yeah. that's one thing I really like about Wawa. You know, you just do it. Wawa, same thing. Yeah, you just do it up and wait for your order. Yeah, you don't have to talk to anyone. It's great. Yep, it's (laughs) that is Wawa. So Mm. I think that if it had to be on a mass level, uh, because you can the thing is Wawa, you want to have it be customizable. So Mm -hmm. um, and they actually make it easier to customize it than actually speaking to someone. They have any option that you could ever want on that screen and in that in that machine. So and you're still I having the, the human make the food, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, it, it's taking away one job, right? So like, it, if you walk into a McDonald's, there's somebody just at the register, and then it's also cooking your food. It's taking away one job. Yeah, it would be interesting to see a fully automated McDonald's where maybe there's only one person there, like a robot manager, you know, yelling at the robots to you know cook the fries faster or something. <laughs> 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 I get a little oh my god that'd be just actually now that i think about it that just would seem a little eerie right yeah i think like, that's I, a black mirror episode we were cu- gonna kind of talk about black mirror but i haven't seen enough episodes but that would be a hilarious episode where it's just like one lonely like mcdonald's manager trying to uh you know manage a bunch of robots to do what he wants and so they start like get, they start like, like giving them like lip and stuff you know <laughs> yeah but no there there have been Black Mirror episodes that have dealt with automation and machines. I mean, a, a lot of it is, um, a, a lot of it is e- even past that. Like, they, uh, could, th- there was one episode that dealt specifically with machines um, and machines turning on human beings. Uh, it, was, it was called Metalhead. I actually think it was one of the one of the worst ones. Um, but as far as just what could potentially happen, I know that uh, I sent you a video earlier um, of. It's Boston. It's not the not the company that we were discussing earlier. Um, not yeah, Boston no. Consulting Group. Boston. Oh, Boston, Boston Dynamics. Boston, Dynamic. They make yeah, Boston Dynamics that makes uh, the Big Dog and all the other weird the looking road really kind of creepy looking robots. You know, I think super they're really they're fucking awesome. I think they're super cool, but they so scare the hell out of me. You know, <laughs> this Black Mirror episode, Metalhead, was about a big dog uh, that was able to track every human movement in any way. And we're just programmed to just kill human beings and mm. had an array of ways to do it. Not just that <laughs> they would bite or attack you or run at you or mm. it, it was it was terrifying. Yeah, so, I'll have to check that out. All right. That leads us. Let's uh, do one more real quick one. Um, what year do you think we'll see our first robot uprising or first just like robot rebellion or just like a robot like saying no to a human, you know, or like. Uh, and, and how do you think it'll happen? Here's honestly, I kind of think, um, I don't know, honestly, by like 2040, I, I'm going to say 2050, actually, who knows where robots will be at that point? Who knows if I, I bet we'll have like human humanoid, totally humanoid looking robots rocking around. And honestly, our grandkids, uh, I think a huge issue is going to be like, you know, like gay marriage was like the big, you know, thing in our lifetime. It's going to be like robo robo sexuals, you know, in 2050. It's going to oh, be a thing. Motherfucker. <laughs> robo sexuals. And there's going to be a big, you know, there's going to be robots protesting that they want to marry humans and stuff. And um, yeah, maybe it might not be violent, but it, it'll happen. You're that into was... this robo sex thing, aren't you? <laughs> I guess I am. I didn't even realize it until now. But yeah, man, so many moving parts. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> well, I was going to say I think it's going to be at some point later than that. Um, but I don't know because I, I think in a way it is going to be exponential, though. Um, meaning by that, y- you were talking about earlier in the episode, when will robots start learning off of other robots? Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah. Um, so I think we don't have an answer to that. But I, I was my like my guess was going to be about 2060 to 2070. 
I, I think it's going to be a long ways away, not in any of our lifetimes. Mm, interesting. And I, I guess I'm saying that I don't think I'm going to live that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because 2050, it's only 30 years from now. I mean, what? I'd be, we'd be in our 50s, right? It's not that long. But yeah, no, we, prob- like we probably won't survive. 70 something. Huh? No, I said 70 something. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, that was a very, uh, very automated episode. This episode was all created from a computer program. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, we worked hard on this one. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting stuff. Uh, we're, it's definitely something we're going to revisit in the future. And uh, yeah, we actually hope to have uh, a guest on next week to uh, talk about uh, robotics and finance in particular. So. Hopefully that goes well. Um, Thanks you for listening, everyone. I am Kevin Freck. That's Dan Miller. You can find us on Instagram at IMCT underscore podcast or uh, at Freckenstein or at Manny underscore Blackie out. And, uh, yeah, that's the show. Appreciate you listening. You can check us out on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Um, You know, don't, uh, don't tell your... Roomba too much, you know, it might tell other robots. <laughs> Throw out your Echo Dots and Alexas. Get rid of them. All right. They're bad things. <laughs> yeah. And we and we just, like, always hit exactly an hour. Uh-huh. It's, it's unbelievable. Perfect. All right, everyone. Keep your stocks up. Take care, fellas. <laughs>